All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Free Range American Podcast. We are here with some guys from the bobsled team. All right. Let's uh, introduce yourselves around the table and get this going. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm Chris Walsh. I'm one of the uh, Team USA bobsledders. And where do you sit? I sit typically, well, I can switch, but usually in like the third position. So I push from the right side and climb in third. Cool. So, yep. uh, Frankie Del Duca spent three years as a push athlete. Now three years as a pilot, so I sit up front and steer. Try not to crash. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's good at not crashing. <laughs> Usually. Uh, yeah, yeah, Usually. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, when, yeah. when the equipment works. We'll right. get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, recent, <laughs> recent equipment failure, but okay. Uh, Dakota Lynch, I typically sit in the back as the brake man, so number four guy. Uh, been working in on the right side, so three guy a little bit. Cool. Blaine McConnell, uh, third year on the team, and I sit... Second, so I'll be pushing usually from the left side of the sled. Okay. Who's been on the team the longest? Or who's been doing this the longest? Sled. Yeah? What got you into it? Well, we had some guys uh, in college where we were like, you know what? What are we going to do after we're done competing here? Like, we've worked hard. Like, we're enjoying competing. We don't really want to stop. We're not going to go pro and track. So. What are we? What are we gonna do after this? I mean, we this ain't gonna happen. I mean, we were <laughs> slow, but like we're not going to the Olympics in track. So, I mean, for everybody's sake, like none of these guys are slow at all. So uh, <laughs> it's relative. Slow is really yeah, relative. It's, it's when relative. We're talking about this. So we're kind of thinking, like you know, bobsled is really cool. Like let's let's do it. There's they hold combines. When I found out there were combines, just like most other professional sports, we tried out, and and I mean, snowball effect. Cool. I showed up my rookie year for a, for a rookie camp and I just never left. <laughs> I just never left. You guys can't get rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> I swear. Like, I had to go back home to get clothes before tour. I was like, oh my God, I'm going like on the World Cup. This is That's nuts. super cool. <laughs> they tried to get rid of them. It just didn't, it didn't work. Now it's all going to come out. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just did one. We call them quads, you know, the, the four years mm-hmm. up into and including the Olympics. I was like, I'm going to do one as... As a push athlete, then I'm going to switch to driving. Um, I, I raced cars legally in a in a motor club, and I was like, you know what? As far I, as the government knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just love <laughs> racing and driving anything. Cool. So when I found out you can actually drive the sled, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. So. so how does driving the sled work? It's very, it's very simple. There's two metal D-rings, we call them. They're connected to a rope. Just like a rope cord. Like yeah. on an old yeah. MC4. looks exactly the same. Yeah. Like literally just... Yeah. Record handles on a rope. Yep. On a on a metal rope. Uh, I mean a metal ring safe. rope. <laughs> it connects to the front axle and it turns like like a soapbox car. So all this oh, research that's why research and development. That's why I crashed. That's, yeah. <laughs> so let's explain the crash. Sure. Keep going. So it's just very so how's simple. it work? It, like you can do all this research and development in aero and all this fancy stuff, but in the end, it's a metal ring, a piece of rope, and an axle that can only go this way. So in the end, like a lot of the other winter sports, you're just sliding on ice. Yes, um, pretty much. It's, it's in the end. It's yeah. okay. Very Just simple. Controlled chaos. Not scary at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, what happens if you have a malfunction? Or um, what is a malfunction that's common? Well, a D ring coming loose that that handle that you hold to steer. Um, we we f- fix it as best we can, and it should not come loose. But things happen when and the handle turns into an oh shit handle. Yes, it. That's <laughs> what happened. I mean, less than a week ago, <laughs> um, I loaded in the sled and went to get my D rings. Exactly. And there was only one. 
And you definitely need two. She's like, this is half the equation. Yeah. 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 So sure as shit, I can only turn one direction. This ain't NASCAR. Now you have a NASCAR. Yeah, exactly. so, but the problem is, yeah, is on, an F1, on an F1 course. Yeah, yeah. of course, with the right turn. Get course, some. Yeah. That, that's the problem is it's, we do have to steer both ways. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure that goes through the sled. Mm-hmm. Um, Up to six Gs. Yeah, and and the fastest track in the world is well into the 90s. 95 or 96, I think is the speed record. 96 point, whatever, it's kilometers to miles per hour. Kind of quick. It's fast. Yeah. And, yeah. And, that, and that creates a lot of pressure when you're up on the, up on the turns. And so doing it with one D-ring... Uh, it wasn't optimal. It, it, it was less than ideal. <laughs> we'll say less than ideal. And we and we made it through the last. We had one last left to make it through. And I only had the right D ring. I don't know if I said that or not. So I needed the left to steer it. If we made it through that one turn, we'd be fine. But no, we pretty much ping ponged. Yeah. All the way down and then flipped straight, about sharp straight left, to the roof. Three feet high. You guys dropped pretty on our much hit the roof. 83 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's why you guys have big necks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> To support the sled. Maybe some swelling. Our helmets, Blaine and I's helmets were burned flat. So that was kind of... Really? They did their job. Um, they did do their job. So but, yeah. new, I was hoping new to helmets now? figure out if that helmet was going to need to do its job. But yeah. you went and made that happen. You should, <laughs> yeah. you should go through one helmet per crash. Yeah, like we, per crash, you should get a new helmet. I yeah. crashed three times on the same helmet, um, so that's probably why I'm not as smart as I used to be. But <laughs> um, smart. yeah, I didn't okay. start out with a lot either. So, well, I mean, it's one of those like you don't have to be smart, just push really hard, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that, is that kind of scenario? Simple, that's a simple job, yeah. It's a very simple job, <laughs> strong. All right, leader, big man, know? push fast. <laughs> okay, that is him to a T. Yeah, that's uh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's all right there. So, what other protective gear are you guys wearing out there? We have burn vests, so similar to what you'd wear, uh, motorcycle racing, anything like that. It's a thin piece of cloth that we basically have under our speed suit. So if we do crash and we happen to be going 80 or 90 miles an hour. Like you were. Yeah. And if you're going to be sliding against that ice, even though ice is cold, you're going to get heat friction. And yeah. that can end up burning skin off. And we've got guys on the team that have had skin grafts because that's happened to them. So... I also found out my burn vest works great. Thanks to Frankie last week. (laughs) Damn, two for two. Two good helmet and a good uh, burn vest. Now we know the shit works. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It was was just an ops test. We are just testing equipment. I'm pretty sure outside of like the rookies, which would have been Manio this year, that I was the last person that had not wrecked until last week. Yeah, I think that's like fair. out of our rookie class, I, all the the team been crashed, here, yeah. I was the only person on the team that has never crashed. Yeah. Very rare. And then Frankie just decided we're going to break that record. Yeah. yeah. Very rarely will you make it through your whole career without crashing. Yeah. See, he so, just wants to make sure that that, that sticks, sticks with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you're not, not, not considered a full bobsledder until you've been initiated. He just became a bobsledder. He doesn't know. That's amazing. Oh, congratulations. As opposed to me, second day in a four-man, crashed, yeah. racked my head, got so dizzy, I was vomiting. Oh, it's like, you know, in the sport. Yeah. it's, it's kind of like parachuting. Rough. Like, you know, you, you crash early and it's like, all right, yeah. cool. I'll just get back in the air and then it's not a big deal. Hard yeah. landing, yeah. You're going a little faster. It's a little scarier for you guys. So <laughs> I don't necessarily want to do that, but all right. Well, there's a thing that we kind of say that get back on the horse. Yeah. And as, as a driver, you don't want to let it affect you. So right away you need to be like, well, are we good? Okay, are we going to go again? Like, let's go. Yeah. Because you don't. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we get back on the horse and we just go. (laughs) 
So what are you guys doing up here? Um, and we're in Salt Lake City right now, and you guys are training up in Park City. Yeah. 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 So what's going on this week, and why are you guys in town? We like, got explain that. So like the Olympic selection, our team selection process, there's a there's a few things that you have to do to to make the team. One of them is national team trials. Um, and due to COVID, we were supposed to have like a testing event out in Beijing this about this time. Okay. Um, but because it got pushed, because we were not going to Beijing anytime soon, um, they moved our national team trials up because they moved that testing event to our normal time in the fall when we would do this. So okay. essentially this is Olympic selection tests or races for, for the Team USA. Yeah. Um, primarily for the drivers, it, it determines their rank. Um, but for the push athletes, like our where we finish with our driver is part of our selection criteria. So it's important that you know we come out and perform and do really well because... Like their result is our result. So, you know, you want to, if you finish first, that's going to look really good when they're saying who we yeah. sent to the Olympics. You Weird, know, so. it's a team event. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. Exactly. So like, do you guys get put into teams based on compatibility or weight or how does that, how did that occur where, you know, you guys end up in one sled together, you know, all going down the course as one unit? It depends on the time of year. So team trials, the coaches and everyone try to stay out of it and be unbiased as they can. Mm -hmm. So they allow the team to kind of form their own crews. Pilots will choose who they want racing with them. And then after the team selection has been made and they've named the pilots that'll be on the national team and then the brakemen that'll be on the national team, then the coaches come in and say, all right, we want this group racing together and then we want that group. But okay. Like for what we're here now for, for team trials, um, like everything has been athlete run. The coaches are there giving a little bit of feedback as possible, but they're not telling you like you're racing with them. Like everything okay. right now has been decided by athletes and drivers. And how many athletes are there like all together that are trying to get selected for how many spots? Like, you know, what's, uh, what's the breakdown there ish? Six. We got six, six, six four right Okay. So we got so. six pilots. And then that'll be 18, 18. brakemen. Yep. Okay. But then there's, like, there's like one extra guy here right now. So pretty much just a floater. That's because yeah. of COVID. There's yeah. like a big pusher. A pusher. Yeah. yeah. One, normally you have a few alternates, but yeah, COVID has been. There's a bit of a weird year. Yeah. yeah. Just because of the quarantines. And then has that guy, has that affected like races that you should have done, would have done? I mean, you uh, said yeah, Beijing. This year's yeah, been I mean, very completely. So you've been missing a bunch of events. And we, we sat out we missed the, the first half of the season. Yeah. So basically everything from November, December, we sat out and then okay. we went over to Europe in January and did the rest of the races. Uh, but the men's team left before world championships also just due to rankings and COVID and all that kind of stuff. Okay. We wanted to get back here and start training for team trials because that's what's going to be most important for us. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that we've missed. Um, being over in Europe, I was on the World Cup this year, got to at least get some more runs on the national tracks and everything. But it's it was strange. We're getting like Q-tips shoved down our noses twice a week, every week, and just yeah. sitting around. Like, we had to avoid pretty much every. It felt like just a glorified version of training. No yeah. fans at any yeah. of the tracks. It's wild. We weren't allowed to really interact with other teams like we normally do. So. And does that affect, like, how you're feeling about how you're racing? You know, I mean, do the fans, like, in a you know, in an arena, right? You yeah. can hear fans and oh, everything. Yeah. Like, do, do you guys get that feeling the, the, the same the way? The crowd, yeah. Yeah. the crowd jacks you up. That I remember, kind of energy. remember the first time pushing uh, in Placid. That World Cup Placid. World yeah. Cup yeah. and 
the camera comes up like this and it, it they get the look on the brakeman's eyes and everyone's intense and and fans are just lining the yeah. lining the, the start of the home track that's US oh, that's you cool. can't yeah. hear because everyone's just yelling that's USA and screaming up. Yeah. And like it's it's one of the first times I felt it in a while where it's just electric. You know, that's you just rad. Feel that electric feeling going through your body. So if you've got that adrenaline going through, you're going to push better. Oh, I know. Uh, in, I know what you guys are saying. I mean, yeah, jumped into some stadiums and it feels the same way. Oh, like yeah. that's and that's why I asked. You know, it's so now, like you were saying, like there's no crowds there. So instead, you guys are now apparently it's something you do all the time. But you guys are taking lots of caffeine, drinking <laughs> lots of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's break that down. So morning, noon, and night. Like, how's the coffee routine running? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think every one of us starts the day off with coffee. Oh, and that's and, just and like the tip of the iceberg yeah. of our coffee. The tip of the iceberg. Yeah. The tip of the barrel. So yeah. this is how we kind of like to describe it. As you wake up in the morning, you get coffee. The coffee just gets you to zero. Yeah, so that's like so you're starting at that's negative. negative caffeine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so I don't, I don't count my coffee on race. You're day. pushing the car yeah. at this point. Exactly. <laughs> you still get, you gotta turn it on. Yeah, that's you gotta turn it over. Yeah. Exactly. You wake up, you do that. So depending on what time of day that we're racing, usually mm-hmm. 30 minutes before I start to go warm up, I'll have around like 200 to 300 milligrams of caffeine. Then I'll go do my warm up, which takes 45 minutes ish, depending on what's available. Before the first run, I'll probably take another. 300 milligrams because you're you're getting ready to push a 200 kilo sled. Because more is better. Yeah, more, more is, is better. better. Ride the lightning. Exactly. Oh, oh, you're getting ready to push a 200 kilo kilos. sled, don't, so you're just holding on, kilos. and all you're thinking about is just trying to break this thing yeah. as much as you can and run as fast as you can. So we'll, get, we'll do the first run. Usually there's 30 minutes to an hour before you have to go for your second heat. Okay. So that's plenty of time to get After you finish. 300 in. Yeah. Yep. So yep. at this point, I'm right around nine. Perfect. Yeah. It's great for you. To, yeah. I'll push a gram sometimes. It just depends some. on how I'm feeling. <laughs> the, the legal... Push athletes are animals. Yeah. 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 So, so, so a cup of coffee yeah. has like 25 to 50 milligrams yeah. of, co- of yeah. caffeine, just so everybody's aware. Yeah. <laughs> the legal amount we can push is a gram. So that's yeah. where the cutoff for, is. Yeah, for for yeah. USADA or water, yeah. get, yeah. get in drug tested. I'm a little more conservative. I have a couple of cups of coffee because I'm driving. So I need to be pumped up with the guys and push really hard, yeah. but I have to get in the sled and be very calm and, so and you'd be stoked, not shivering. Movements. Yes. If yeah, I'm yeah. shaking, I'm yeah, already, I'm going to be steering the sled <laughs> just for my tremors. I'll be steering the yeah. sled. So, um, yeah, I want my hands to be, uh, calm, but in my mind to be calm. But right before that, I need to push like an animal with these guys for just that few seconds. Yeah. So and all, a little bit, all you want going on behind you is like, some crazy heavy breathing <laughs> lunatics. Yeah. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay. Oh, it's a good feeling knowing the guys are behind you. And oh, it's good. Yeah. We get fired up. That's oh, cool. It's, it's, so, uh, so do you guys have like some sort of pre-run ritual as a group yeah. that you that you participate in besides, you know, yeah, there's drinking a, there's 12 espresso there's a cadence shots? cadence that we do to yeah. start. So yeah. uh, you do your cadence. Like when you get the sled on the line, you put it down. We'll make sure the push bars are out and everything's ready to go for uh, for the push. And then... Uh, driver comes up and he usually puts his hand in first and then we all stack like left, right, back. And then it's just a back sit ready. And then like, kind of like a... I could literally show you. Take, yeah, like, we could do it. Yeah. It's better if we do it. It's hard for me to just be like, oh, I'll explain it. It doesn't sound as It cool. might be tough with the table. I don't yeah. want you guys to break it. Yeah. So No, but it's it's, it's that cadence yeah. that we talk about. Um, and we'll, so We'll link a video. Okay, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But so like, for instance, me, I'll be at the front of the sled on the pilot mm-hmm. bar. And after we do that initial cadence, just to get timing, because timing's, you're trying to move that, you're trying to break the inertia of a 400 plus pound sled. 
So hitting at the same time is and is it kind of sticking to the ice at all? It can. Like, it depends. It, it, it depends. Yeah, and sometimes and it, it's blazing, and yeah. sometimes it's like, did we add yeah, weight you or can something? Like, like yeah. and it'll stay there, and sometimes <laughs> it'll just like want to run. So yeah. and I yeah. remember as when I was a push athlete, uh, you know, you go to move the sled, and it's like really sticky. It's you're like, like, oh no, great, <laughs> great, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Uh, but yeah, so we do have a cadence. Um, the the brakeman will say set, and I hit the sled to let them know I heard you, and mm-hmm. I'm set. And then it's back set. So the guy in the back is ready. Back set, ready. Boom. And on that third metronome, you cool. just Yeah, it's 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 it like rip. it's a beat. It's back set ready. Duh. Like yeah. you're you're hitting yeah, yeah. on that duh. And you hit because you on usual years, there's probably a ton of noise going on and you want to make sure that you can feel it. So he like you know he heard it. Yeah, I but you can't necessarily up. hear him. Yeah, right. right. And I don't want to like look back and give him a thumbs up because yeah. we're trying to get in the yeah. zone. Yeah. So no, you're like, it's right. follow Primitive. rule number one. I'm yeah. like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always look cool, sound cool. It's always very, look cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's primitive. It's just set, boom, boom, back set, ready. Cool. It's very just to the point. And if you guys always have all of you only done um, bobsled, has there been any like losing skeleton? Is there any crossover to those? No, there's such different dynamics of what you need to be able to do in that sport. Luge is the Wild West. There's like very little rules in luge. You can do whatever you want. But you I mean, need to a, start playing luge. It's a naked man. Yeah. 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 Slacking yeah. down the course, exactly. right? Hey. If you're going to yeah. do luge, you need to have been in the sport since you're eight. Or so it's going to take person. you 10 years before you're even <clears throat> able to go from the top because it's such a technical sport. And they oh, go really? So, they go it's faster fast. than we do. Yeah, it's very fast. And They're the fastest slide. It's a little rocket. Also, yeah. they have actual edges more so than us. We have rounded runners. Okay. So a lot of people will call them blades because it's on yeah. ice. And that's yeah, yeah. kind of like naturally what you want to call it. They're totally round. I mean, it's like your finger. They're mm-hmm. they're round. Yeah. Um, so we can't, I can't steer it as much as a luge athlete can. Uh, I need the pressure. So they have more control. They can be yeah. on a straightaway and actually influence what they're doing. And they can really steer a lot because they bend their... Kufin? I think it's called Kufin. Kufin. They know. bend it and can actually really sure. steer. You, yeah. you could throw it in there. Let's roll with it. I'm pretty sure you made that up. Yeah. Um, so, so, you, so you very rarely <laughs> Please write see in some, losers. <laughs> <laughs> you rarely see someone go from bobsled to luge. Mm. Occasionally, you'll see someone go from luge to bobsled and they make okay. pretty good drivers because they have such a... Uh, like awareness of the track and understanding what's going on. Yeah. I actually They're probably frustrated a lot. Doesn't do jack F1 to NASCAR. They're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually did skeleton not competitively, but I did like a skeleton school when I went from being a brakeman to a driver just to see the track at speed because yeah. I, I was just head down. All I saw was the floor of the sled. I'd really like to see the track from my like like three inches. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see it before I go. So I did some some from a lower start on a skeleton and then okay. went from a lower start on a sled and worked my way up a bobsled. Generally, we don't fit. On skeletons and they don't fit in bobsleds. Yeah, I smash di- different body types for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. There's like little, there's like, I feel like those guys are more like my size. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, there's a like not so big. Yeah, they're still fast. They're quick. They're just it's a little bit of a, a slimmer build. You're like it's cool, kind of. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a big bobsledder, and when I went on yeah. a skeleton sled, I destroyed my shoulders. I was just like, I don't know how they too do big this. for it. I the sled I was on, I was too big for. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but the, the driving thing is 100% what he was saying. I went to a few skeleton races on the World Cup. I remember the first one I went to go watch. You see them going through a corner and all you hear is this. I'm like, man, those sleds are not sliding across the ice very smooth. And the guy goes, no, no, that's their helmet. 
because they're yeah. bouncing they're sitting off the head dirt. first, yeah. and they can get up to six G's <laughs> like us. And uh, all they do is they go through that, and it just buries their head. You can't the hold your head up. They don't see anything, and it's just you just hear the helmet just, and they come out of the turn, and they pick their head back up, and oh, here I am. <laughs> so they go that sounds ridiculous well. <laughs> yeah, it's, so I thought they were crazy before now they're just oh, they're lunatics nuts. Yeah, yeah they're nuts yeah that that's uh, that's freaking crazy so have you have um, all of you guys driven at some point at all or I didn't I just drive a little bit I'm like yeah. Frankie mm-hmm. I, I wanted to drive really badly but uh, they, like, they want you to start a little sooner be in control yeah <laughs> and I race cars well, currently now and so yeah, uh, we're very similar yeah. yeah so it's natural like people who are just like to drive want to drive yeah. but I was a little late to the to the game age wise so they they want drivers a little earlier in their in their life I guess to okay. to step into that game and so you said age is there kind of like an age bubble that most of the yeah. sliders I mean, are in post collegiate so you've got you like won't see anyone under 21 typically. Okay. Um, yeah. And Probably I say, well, you've got a pretty average age, a little older with this crew. Like, yeah. Frank's the youngest guy. The rest of us are over 30, mid 30s or later. Um, <laughs> just, just, just leave it at mid 30s yeah, for you guys. Yeah. I'm definitely but, not uh, 30, but. Yeah. So you, you can you can be a little later in your, your athletic career in bobsled and, and still be a good push athlete. Like, Which so. is why you end up with crossover athletes, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're powerful and, pretty, and, and fast, you could pick up pushing quick and at any stage in your athletic career. Driving, going back to what Chris said, it does, it, it takes a little bit of time to yeah. be able to compete against the world's best and to become yeah. the world's best. So, you, and, and I believe this, Chris has a great instinct for driving, but I guess what he was saying is maybe needed more time in the front yeah. seat. To, you just got like, you got to think about like, if you were to go practice basketball, you can go to the court and like shoot baskets for an hour straight. These guys in a season will get you know, two to three runs a day and like three months out of the year, three, yeah. to, three to five months out of the year. So runs it's just less very, than a minute. very limited. Yeah. So if you do, let's yeah. just say a hundred yeah. runs, I mean, you're, you're like not even at two hours of, yeah. of, yeah. of driving training. And, and, and you can do not, that in Yeah. No and it's not like car. race car driving where yeah. you could sort of do a little bit of simulated oh, yeah. stuff and, and so sort of understand cars, what's yeah. going on. But right. like, like there's no way to simulate the G forces and how a sled no, works. That's why driving is just a little different with a bobsled and driving a bobsled is, is nothing like driving a car. I think, we needed to find that out pretty quick because yeah, yeah I mean, there's no, there's, there's no throttle. There's, there's, there's no, no throttle and brake, but also well, there's yeah. a break. Yeah. Yeah. There's one break. You get fined if you use it in the track. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, really? Yeah. If you, you use it any time before the final yeah. timing, guy, you're going to get a fine. Yeah. What's the fine? Like, I think it's, it's 250, on the track? I think it's 250 euros. euros. Yeah. yeah. Even here. Well, I don't want to find Do they find you in euros? That'd be kind of funny. The Federation, what if it was a race? What's the conversion? Damn. Is it because it screws the track up? Yeah. 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 And it's just unfair to the competitors. Like if we're on a sled and the sled before us just, you know, cranks the brakes, it's like, sweet. Now we have moguls to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how does the, okay, so how does the brake work? It's really simple. Super. Uh, It's uh, two handles, you pull them up and then this big like. Or is it a linked thing? They're linked. They're, yeah. they're linked. Okay. And then this big claw just comes from underneath the sled and then just grabs the ice. It looks like cool. a garden rake. Like it's a garden rake. Metal yeah. garden It's almost rake. exactly yeah. like a dog sled sled. Like yeah. That's how the brakes work there. You kind of stand yeah, on a so, yeah. rakey looking thing. I've exactly. sledded some. So. Oh, really? That's awesome. Like, oh, sweet. I'm going to stand on this thing. You just yeah. dig into the ice and hope that it stops you. You just do a really aggressive. Sometimes it doesn't stop. A lot of finger crossing. Yeah. We've had it pull. Like, there's a lot of mishaps on the brakes, but... We had them pull through one time where they pulled so hard and like there's there's like a curved piece of metal that holds mm-hmm. them and like they pulled past the rake. So it was just the curved metal. 
and you're just on like bare metal essentially in the braking stretch going 85. And you'd all slow down to you like a snowbank. So, so, so too many curls. He <laughs> did too many yeah. curls. We've you had, can be too okay. strong. We you can be too strong. Launch. Well, they're probably going at yeah, that point launched 70 at the outrun. Yeah. Hit a snowbank and launched. I don't know how far. They were okay, in the air. luckily. Um, but yeah, sometimes the brakes don't grab. Sometimes they break. Sometimes something gets jammed in the way. And the sleds don't fly too good, right? No, they're not. They're made to be on the ice, yeah. not off the ice. I mean, and usually, if you don't stop in time, you're going to hit hopefully a rubber barrier that slows you down. Hopefully, uh, but a lot of times it's just the track ends. They stop putting ice on yeah. it, and yeah, you're just hitting concrete. They're real dicks. And <laughs> whoa, yeah. so it's not like a truck run out. Like you really no, want all your no, equipment to no, work properly and, yeah. the, and the, for everybody yeah. to be timed right. You have to sand those runners, right? So every time we prep for a race, this is a whole other portion of the, oh my gosh. this is the, this is actually what bobsledding really is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's get just sanding and working on the sleds. Yeah. So like those runners, we sand them down to like a chrome polish before every race. Mm-hmm. Normally they're pretty like, kind of like the metal on this. Like it's just, yeah. it's so you guys anodized. have like, 8,000 or 12,000 grit sandpaper yeah, that yeah. you're, and that you're use running like over that. And stuff at the end to like really yeah. get the mirror finish. Yeah. So if you hit concrete, you take that beautiful mirror finish that you've been working on it doesn't for help hours. It? And it's just yeah, creating no, pieces. And, and like a sharpening stone? And we're self-funded <laughs> athletes. So I, oh, like, no as kidding. a pilot, I buy yeah. my runners and they are not cheap. So, yeah. so you run different runners than another pilot? Yes. yes. We all buy that's, our that's own. We that's all buy our own runners. Right there, yeah. There's yeah. thousands yeah. of dollars. Temperatures. It, runners will cost so between a, six. You have to, a set of them. Yeah, yeah multiple. So I, yeah, yeah. They're, they're anywhere between six thousand to fifteen thousand dollars for a set of four pieces of steel. Yeah, <laughs> and then we Didn't hand fit. sand those. Like what the hell? It takes us hours to <laughs> yeah. just hand sand these things down. We start high, work our way down to a really fine grit, get them to a mirror finish if we can. And then try to keep that mirror finished to go from heat one to heat two. For hundredths of a second. Like, it sucks. Really? And it does make a difference, right? Absolutely. It makes Absolutely. Like a major difference. Absolutely. I'm sure. Absolutely. So what kind of like on a standard race day, what kind of time gaps are there from first to, I don't know how many I teams mean, are competing. But none. I mean, what, like the last Olympics, tie. like there was a tie. And that, that's like a legit, they, a legit tie. How yeah. far, yeah. How far down do they go? The thousand? hundred. hundred. Yeah. I think, we've all probably, yeah. I think we've all won and lost races by a hundredth of a second. That's absurd. A, it's a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how much Crazy. of a slit, like how much are we talking there? Like, I don't know. The at the speed you guys are going, I mean, it's, it's yeah, probably what, yeah, like yeah. inches. Yeah. Yeah. inches. Yeah. 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 I remember we, we, we did the math on it and we were like, you got to be kidding me. Like we couldn't have finished it's a little a quarter inch. Somebody hits a turn and they're eight feet in there and one person hits a turn there's seven and a half and maybe that seven and a half gave them a little yeah. bit more. Or it being a little warmer and slicker or like the, yeah, tiny, like, like the tiniest little thing can yeah. make a difference. Well, it can make a big difference. Snow. Like if you start yeah. early and it's thing. snowing, you yeah. want to be off the track early. Like as fast to, as possible. It, and then that can change the speeds for the track. Yeah. You see sometimes heat one and heat two has drastic different uh, times just due to maybe it got warmer. Yeah, if someone crashes in a, in a heat, possibly tears sure the that track. Helps it out. Yeah. And there's yeah, dirty so. things people will do when it's snowing. They'll like pull the brakes late, so they go all the way up the outrun, slowly work yeah. it down. That way, they're icing the dudes up top because now snow instead of being inside the track, warm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. snow's falling on the track, which slows down the push. So there's like some dirty, dirty little tricks. People yeah, you do. can. We can legitimately yeah. like here, especially that star ramp is exposed. So if it, yeah. if it's a snow day, are they usually covered? Yeah. Yeah. Some places, as of late. 
Yeah, oh. as of late, more and more tracks are getting covered. Like completely uh, top to bottom? Top or? to bottom. Really? But they'll okay. open, the, we call them shades. They'll open them for the World Cups for the camera crews. Yeah. yeah. So on the World Cups, yeah, you're, you're dealing with the elements and they'll do a sweep. They have a sweep protocol where they'll they'll brush the grooves. Like but, it, two, you know, yeah. yes, at, at most, it's like every a couple sleds. Yeah. It really is. Is it? And, and or, actually, or like yeah. leaf blower. Leaf blower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fancy. So <laughs> I, I'd like to show you or, or at least tell you about... Uh, yeah. St. Moritz is kind of where it all started. Yeah. They they use brooms that are made from like the twigs of branches. It's super old school. They stick to the traditional roots. So when you said, oh, a little broom. Yeah, this is a little like... <laughs> twig, like a Wicked Witch of the yeah. West. Wow. That they're, it's it's really cool, the amount of history like, from, from them. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the only uh, man-made, man-made track. Yeah, handmade track. That one. Else is, that one is the only the man-made track. Yeah. They have four, Which four means, permanent turns. How do they make a man-made track? They bring ice up from a lake. Correct me if I'm wrong. They bring ice up from a lake and just every shave year. it themselves. And there's a dude yeah. that like knows so turn year. three, and that's his turn, and yeah. he, he shaves it down every year. So, yeah. so, the, the so it track, changes a little bit every year. Track yeah. records cool. and start records are a little different every year. And the track, the characteristics of the turns are the same, but the track is never the exact same, which is kind of cool. And it feels like we're rally racing. You know, like you're on WRC yeah. driving through the woods. A little slicker? Well, no, it's just quiet. you're literally going through the trees. I mean, it's like, oh, it's like okay. supernatural. Whereas here- Because it's an old you, track. Yeah. 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 It's on the side of a hill in the Alps in Switzerland. Yeah, there's like so no it's probably base. ugly. Yeah. Super ugly. Yeah, it's it's super, 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 I mean, not that you guys are like anymore. looking. But, I think it's everybody's yeah. like least favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> the worst place to be. Yeah. So because it's all natural, there's no cement underneath. Um, it's super quiet. There's no expansion joints uh, okay. for the temperature changes. Yeah. So it's just, all you hear is just, just dead wind. You're going like, not, what's the speed record there? It's 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 one of the faster tracks. 90. It's 92. Yeah. And it's just That's wild. silent. Um, whereas here and most places mm-hmm. you have cement. It's a freight train. Yeah. yeah it's you hear just, it coming down. It's a rumble. We yeah. see it on Thursday. You'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's it, coming. Is it loud for you guys yeah. being the sled too? Or is that kind of all... I still have tinnitus in my left down. ear from my first crash. What? Just from like when I hit it. And then when we crashed the other day... <laughs> please, please keep reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> and who was When this guy negligently this crashed Force us. Pilots, so. um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, my ear was ringing for. I was just. It's so loud when your head's on the ice and you're moving at 80 miles an hour. Just imagine yeah. going down the the highway at that speed and then just on throwing your, your head. On yeah, ice. <laughs> just like I'm just gonna flip this car and put my well, head like, on the concrete. Open your minivan door and just roll out with a motorcycle helmet. Yeah, I think I'll be that's, good. That's, that's how loud it is. Wait, you think I have a minivan? <laughs> what kind of judgment was that? <laughs> just tip. what are we throwing out here? It's terrible. Your minivan. Why is that the car? You're how dare you? Just I don't know. Do you have a minivan? That's how I feel like you're projecting over here. He's driving a minivan. All right. Pilot has a minivan. What we're putting in our four-man sled in the minivan. In the minivan. We have a stow and go. We'd knock all the seats down, stick it in the back of the van, have the back door open, the side doors open, strap it in, and we're just driving to and from the track with that. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty professional. It's, it's like, it's still not going to support it. Athletes are, we're self-funded. So that is wild. We had to rent yeah. a vehicle and we tried to rent a cargo, cargo van. van. They're like, we don't have it. It's like, all right, we'll give us a stow and go van. All right, they had that. We get it. And that's what we're using to transport yeah. our sleds back and forth. So you knock all the seats down and then you guys get in the sled and then he drives yeah. in the <laughs> minivan. Is that what's going on here? Exactly. Yeah, we practice yeah. our riding positions. Yeah. It's like our own man-made uh, wind tunnel in there. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't have to do that typically. That's just, this is kind of a, 
anomaly, on, and then okay, at our right. home track, we don't have to do that. Yeah, but like, in other, yeah, other like countries, our home do track, actually, yeah. there's yeah. a garage at, at Lake Placid where we normally. So you guys train it at Placid. Yeah, Placid that's primarily our home base. That's where the for all of the okay, okay, all of USABS. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. There's that. There's two training centers. There's one in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. which houses a lot of different different lot sports. Summer. Most a lot of summer, summer athletes. athletes, and then yeah, like most winter athletes, gymnastics for some reason, yeah. and uh, like ice hockey and all that oh, stuff bummer. is up in like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> actually well, anyways. <laughs> and we have sled trucks. They're like box trucks that pull right up to our uh, team yeah. garage. Load them in. Two sleds yeah. on at a time. Yeah. Go right to the top. It's. It's definitely a blue collar sport. I mean, we work. We do a lot of the day to day maintenance on our on our sleds. Obviously, we can't fix everything, and we have really talented sled mechanics that do the the real stuff. I mean, what are they made out of? The sleds stuff. They're all carbon, carbon Carbon fiber, fiber, steel, steel frame on the inside. Okay, which is that's what takes the frame the weight. Yeah, for the most part, and then that frame is usually what we're holding on to when we're in the sled. Like we don't have. You can put some handles in there that we just kind of like hose clamp down. Yeah. Or you've got some straps that you're holding on to. But mm-hmm. for the most part, you just jump in. You're putting your feet around each other. So you're sitting nut to butt and you're holding on to the yep. sled. Yeah. And that's how you're staying in and not flying we, out. We really actually Four walk. of you in the space like this, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Smaller, yeah. We, we can yeah. sit inside this table. We can sit yeah. inside this table. Yeah. Okay. Then, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to test this out later. <laughs> and then we lock each other in. Like everyone's kind of pushing into each other. So you're not sliding back and forth. Except you. I no, I I actually I lock my ass into the back of the sled and okay. then I There's use like a that. lip yeah. there. Yeah, the a lip. lip. Okay. And then I use that to drive my head into the three guy and I'm trying to bruise his back. Like that's how hard yeah. you want to put it. And they'll get bruises. I've got a bruise right now. You'll yeah, have yeah. a tennis spot. Yeah. You just so. drive your head Is that from him or the crash? <laughs> <laughs> it's just for uh, it's, just it's just <laughs> yeah. imagine like a yeah. motorcycle helmet buried on your spine. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the idea is you want to be by a strong man. It's close to the guy in front of you. But also fill up as much of the sled on the inside as you can for arrow. Like yeah. you want that wind to just come over top. You don't want it coming into the sled, creating any kind of drag. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm he's driving. I sit two. Okay. So I'm sitting probably about two inches away from his helmet. And then the next guy's got his helmet just dug into my spine. Like I can feel a little tender spot where he's mm-hmm. supposed to be. And then behind him, the other guy's got his helmet in his low back. But we're trying to fill out like wall to wall and sit there and just try to be as tight as possible and not let any airflow come through in between okay. us. And, and it, it so the tighter helps. and wider you can be, yeah, the yeah. better because right. you're filling up that space trying yeah. to look like a bullet. Yeah. You, no, you don't want no dead air. In, yeah. In that yeah. For arrow and then also the sled throwing you around. If you're not yeah. locked in, like you're going to like, like we've had people break bones from not, not riding well. And does that kind of snowball down the track? Like, if somebody's not quite locked in and they start getting bounced around, do they get bounced around worse as it gets faster and yeah, they get sure. deeper down the track? And yeah. then does that affect how the driving is? Yep. It does. There do you certain, feel if they're really locked in or not? Up at the top of a track, I can tell if the guys are trying to get their handles or moving around a little too much because they, they can kick the sled into a skid mm-hmm. from loading late, loading rough, or fidgeting on a... Because we have no pressure in the sled on a straightaway, mm-hmm. so the sled is skittish as kind it of is. moving yeah and if and if the guys are moving now the sled actually wants to wor- move with them okay um so they they usually do it in a, the first higher pressure corner they'll kind of sink down grab their stuff and they're good to go yeah you, you want to be able just to load as fast as possible and then just hit those positions immediately and then just lock in and then if you are going to maneuver like if you're not quite locked in you wait till you get into pressure so you don't throw him off so you're at the top of the hill Shaking like a leaf because you have 900 milligrams of caffeine in you. <laughs> Electric. And uh, you're trying to break a carbon fiber bar. Yeah. So once you load, what do you do with the bars and how does that work? 
Because I think That's most people job. have seen them, yeah. like yeah. the push true. bars, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's got a push bar. Do you He's have one? Everyone has a push bar. They all stick out. A rotator. How do they work? Uh, well, you tell, go from back to front. You can tell yeah. the, what the brakeman does and I'll tell what I do. Yeah, so he'll load first and then left side, right side, I'll be in. And so I'm the last in. And then at that point, like, as I'm going to reach for my handles, you, you shoot your legs and then you want to hit your foot pegs immediately. If you miss mm-hmm. your foot pegs, then he's going to be sitting on your foot. You can break. It's not going to be comfortable. Yeah. So you got to hit your tiny little foot yeah. pegs immediately or I just spike the hell out of him. He's going to be bleeding, which is a fun payback maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like, as I'm going to grab my handles to try and get my head down on my crotch, I'm going to hit, there's two different braking mechanisms. There's, like a string that you can pull, which will pull the brakes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some of the newer sleds, you actually just reach over and pull them back. Um, there's so, no mechanism. So you have to physically, manually do it. Yeah, yeah, they get stopped. Oh, there's magnets. Out, yeah. okay. and, then, and then you can actually pull them on the, on the huh. release back. And which one's more comfortable or which one do the athletes like the, better? The newer the sled, usually the better everything is. So like the older sleds have just been through okay. quite a bit and yeah. you've had however many hundreds of runs of dudes pushing these things as hard as they can. So they're a little warped. They don't like sit straight, but like our newest sleds, uh, it'll be like perfectly per- perpendicular to the ground and they're very sturdy. So the more sturdy an object you can push against, the better. Yeah. Usually. So. I like to pull them back just because yeah. I know that I got them. Like sometimes yeah. when you pull the string, like you, it's it works so loud. Kinda. Stuff to break. Like it yeah. sort of works. And yeah. there's, there's multiple links in the chain for that. So, yeah. you know, that mm. string can break the string needs to pull on a release mechanism mechanism that could also break. So it's very, it's, it's nice to have a simple setup that you can visually see yourself close it and yeah. get in and down. For me, I load, I have the two D rings here and there's also a, a push release. So I just press that lever and I know when I've hit it and I can see the bar drop. So it's a little easier for me. So that's, I, I have that bar and, and just the one release. I'm sure that's like a little bit of a anxious moment. Right, getting Load. those bars, yeah, and loading, um, like that on. whole process. When, when you're in it new, and the, everyone's like, "Don't let the push bars get broken," because if you like leave them out, they'll hit the side yeah. of the track oh, and they'll break. You it. Leave them out, way less wind resistance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not even there. Yeah. Well, and you'll go into a turn, and if that push handle's out, you're gonna break the handle off. Yeah, yeah. And just clean off, throw just, off his run. Yeah. And then and like these are there's not like there's a parts store right so like <laughs> really come on yeah. uh, guys don't go down the like street the sleds, in Park City because yeah, we with the price of sleds but like a two man sled is like fifty to seventy k and then BMWs and those our two man BMWs are eighty thousand euros our four man BMWs are over hundred thousand and are those provided by those are the national given by the federation sometimes okay you can choose to buy your own sled rent those out some guys do it there's federation equipment and and as you as you get ranked yeah. up, you get access like, to the better and better Federation <laughs> equipment. Yeah. Um, and yes, there's a rental fee to use it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there, there are also athletes that will go out and buy their own sled because maybe they're... They must be poor. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, they are now. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't currently. They are now. But, you know, like, let's say the Federation has this competitive equipment. You're not ranked high enough to get access to yeah. it. But you have sponsorship or yeah. however you have the funds to make it happen. They go out and get a competitive sled for 50000 to $70,000. I'm not okay. able to do that. So I, I was racing in a sled from 1992 uh, up until last year. So you still are. It's the four man still from 92. But it's <laughs> no, fast. It's no, fast. that four man's from... No, it's from 12. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we were racing in a in an older sled, but we were still winning medals in international competition, but it was just in a sled that was about as old as I am. <laughs> and it's no like race cars. You know, tech, 
Yeah. So that's exactly like race cars. Like from a funding perspective, I, from like technology, like yeah, more like money's better. Like money there's, is, there's a reason Mercedes helps, yeah. and Ferrari keep doing yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. money talks. Yeah. Yeah. Big time yeah. development, Big time. testing, yeah. all that stuff is just it's just dollars, right? And so yeah. you don't have bobsledders are not gentlemen drivers as they are in the. In the you know in the racing world where there's just like a guy who's got millions of dollars like hey I want to go it's not like Le Mans yeah it's not the same no, not definitely. the same equation it's just a bunch of people that just got out of college or some stage in their life and they're like oh, I want to do this and like oh man this is really expensive if you don't know that until you're <laughs> knee deep in it you know right. so. so so you're saying yeah. post collegiate um are a lot of the athletes that are coming there what are the general sports that guys are coming from and like why do they choose sledding instead of something else. I think top two is probably track and football. The men's yeah. team is a little less, I think, diverse in their backgrounds. It's, okay. You could sum up 80% of them in track or football. And what, yeah. what events? Right, and positions. Sprinting. 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 Yeah. Jumping. Decathlons. Yeah. yeah. Decathlon. You just running backs or like D-backs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, or wide receiver. Receivers. Wide receiver. Yeah, wide receiver runner. Basically someone who's got some size and someone who's got some yeah. speed. Yeah. I that was a wide sense. receiver and decathlete and... <laughs> Let's see. He ran sprints. What did you do? You were football. I ran yeah. track. I did yeah. a little bit of so, sprints, like less than the quarter, like 200, 100, I, 110, like any hurdlers. Just lower and lower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, got, we got a 110 hurdler. I was a short yeah. spinner and a long jumper. We've got okay. a yeah, silver medalist, 400 meter runner. So he's probably right slow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a lot of CrossFitters. Actually, a lot of CrossFitters on the women's side. And then Blaine. Blaine was a big CrossFitter. Yeah, okay. too, yeah so, I yeah. came from CrossFit into bobsled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm good at everything. I did so I went to the CrossFit Games in 2016. Oh, and, cool. And immediately knew I didn't want to go back. I yeah. was like, nah, I'm done. Ain't Be- for me. Yeah. It's too much spandex. I need more. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> too many clothes here. I need to put on more clothes. Yeah. No, so I got, I'm one of the few, I think, that didn't come directly from track or football. Okay. But on the women's side, like We've got women who are coming from track, but also a lot more that are starting to migrate in from the CrossFit world. Softball, volleyball, like swimming. Very, very diverse athletic backgrounds from the women's side. Interesting. Is that just because there's not the same feeder sports necessarily and not the same length, like history of culture of bringing people over? Is that part of it or... I, I whatever I it works because they're winning everything. Yeah, they're Our women's team are back to back world champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. So it's like the like, it's like the crew team. Yeah, they're yeah. getting medals in every Olympic. <laughs> yeah, they've got they've medaled in the last two, three Olympics. Some uh, but yeah, they're they've been doing weird business for Shout a while. We will likely go gold and silver in this Olympics. That is fantastic. They will they're crushing So it's two teams that end up getting so two full Sled teams. Three. Hopefully three. for us. You can three, get, yeah. so the way that it works is two countries are allowed to send three full teams. Okay. So Why is that? It's just allotted based on spots that they have available. Okay. And not every team, country is going to be available uh, available to send three. Yeah. So they say whatever country's got the top three can go. And then okay. whatever country's number two can send their next three. Um, Germany will most likely be the country that will like for sure send three sleds. And then there's going to be like a four-way fight for that, including us. So like us, Latvia, Russia, potentially China. We're all going to be fighting to get that third sled. So gotcha. we're pretty confident we'll get two sleds going to mm-hmm. the Olympics next year. It's going to be a fight to try for us to get that third sled because we've got to go against some great rank. countries. It's like yeah. international rank. And that's yeah. there's a lot of ways you can get points depending on the different circuits you can run. There's essentially three different tours that you could go on. So the World Cup is the top. That's where you. it's like, you know, first is the 
as a full-on first place. And then you have European Cup and North America's Cup, which are the lower feeder series that you can run. So it's um, probably not confusing at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> so a first place in like an NAC race or a North America's Cup or a European Cup is like a 13th on World Cup. So it's like, yeah, there's a whole points equation Super you got to like... Point system yeah. that you got to try yeah. to use. So yeah. like our strategy for this upcoming season is we're going to send two sleds on the World Cup <clears> and they need to go maintain top 13 finishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which should be fairly easy for them to do. Sled number three is going to stay in North America and need to sweep everything. Yeah. Just Whenever hammer it. And yeah. win every single race just so they can maintain 13th place, place. Yeah. in yeah. terms of points on the World Cup. Yeah. And then they potentially could go finish a couple races in the World Cup, and that's how we're going to be able to qualify that third sled. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. possible. And maybe go get some easy races, too. It'll take, it'll take uh, obviously, good performance and some calculations. We're going to need to know what races to enter. Yeah, uh, for our best chances, right. and 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 it used to be the last Olympics. So we've sent three sleds, uh, three men's full men's teams to the last few Olympics. I so mean, the U.S. does well in bobsledding. Yes, I, I mean like overall. Yeah, overall. Yeah, overall, yeah. we've had I th- like the last Olympics was rough. One of probably the greatest pilots who have ever lived has happened to pass away right before the Olympics. Yeah, Steve Holcomb, which and, he uh, raced on his sled for his okay. first year, his yeah. whole rookie year. He's one of the guys that, like, people would look at the U.S. and be like, shit, we got racing against this guy. <laughs> like, yeah. He would win everything, multiple-time world medalist, multiple-time Olympic medalist. So when he passed away, it was like a huge gap in a learning curve because he wasn't able to fully pass along guys everything had to pick he up possibly slack. knew because yeah. he was yeah. still competing. Yeah. And a lot of times when guys are competing, they're not going to give away all their secrets to everyone just yet. So the men have been hit. But prior to that, like we've, we got a gold medal in uh, 2012 with Holcomb and his crew. Uh, and having that success kind of carried on through. But like I said, when, when he passed away, that was a huge hit for the men's team. So Everyone's been trying to bounce back for that for the past yeah, it was like, five it was like years or so. COVID basically hit the hit the men's really. Yeah, yeah, it was it was rough for a lot of people. So everyone's trying to bounce back from, and I think like the dynamic of the men's team right now. Just talking to veterans and everyone who's been around the organization for a while, they're saying like this is probably the best group of men that we've seen in probably eight to ten years. Just That's on cool the dynamic of how everyone works well together. We're all trying to like fight for those Olympic spots, but we all also know like there's no way we're all going to make it. Mm-hmm. We just want those three sleds to go. Yeah, three sleds. Because yeah, they changed it for this Olympics. Where we lost instead our third of quota spot. Yeah. Okay, is what and, Yeah, then yeah. with COVID, we missed the whole season of an opportunity to earn it back. So yeah. normally, like this year, we could have been like, all right, let's do everything we can to earn that quota spot back, and then we're going into the Olympic year already at three. Just have to maintain it. So. Kind of a not little, ideal scenario, but it's tough. not impossible to overcome. Yeah. So we'll get it. What's the what's the average career length for guys that are on the team? Ish, I think that ranges. Yeah, probably, I mean, do you guys stick four, around for two, two or three Olympics yeah, in a row? Years. Is there a lot of in think, and out? I think it's more in and out. There's a lot yeah. of um, I, I don't want to throw you guys under the bus, but a lot of brakeman turnover. Yeah, um, just because it's so, so it's so demanding, yeah. and this guy is. A, Primarily a four-man brakeman. He, it's like sitting in the back of the bus when you're a kid. He, and he's forty. He, he, <laughs> I'm not forty. He's one year older than me. I just want to point this out. He's Younger. always. Oh, I'm gonna say older. Uh, he's always telling me how old. It's I just. Am. It's, it's a sport that's. It's pretty hard on your body. Um, it is. And so brakemen usually come through. 
Um, they try to hit their athletic peak as well as their pushing peak and they either make it or they don't. And Mm -hmm. then they usually leave or they stick around for maybe two quads. Um, Whereas the drivers, it takes longer to reach your um, competitive peak. So you also stick around longer and it's a little more of a skill that you can hold longer. He he doesn't get, well, drivers, I don't think get beat up as much. And just in the position, because I pull jets. It makes sense. I pull G's in a jet. Yeah. And the way you pull G's is just, I mean, I can sustain six G's for a a long time. And then pulling G's in a a sled bent over sucks. I mean, it's an absolute awful. No, it looks like a fantastic position (laughs) to do that in. Um, Yeah, stick your head between your knees, touch your toes and go hit six G's. (laughs) Pray pray he has both D-rings. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And by the way, I replaced what holds the D-rings with like, Primo bungees. It's not happening again. I learned my lesson. But so, but push so why weren't they we, there before? He said that yeah. for himself. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that, that information was just for him to yeah. kind of rub himself. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. Yeah. Well, now the whole world is. It's knows. also like, I think um, there's also like a lot of dudes in the military, like active military. Yeah. And so there's the programs that allow that, like the world class athlete okay. programs, only let you do a specific, uh, amount, a specific of time. amount of time. So it's usually three years and then you yeah. have to leave the program. And those and guys are getting, come back. Those guys but, are getting pretty beat up too. Yeah, like, so in, like, their, like in whatever job a, they were in. Beforehand. I mean, all three of us are on. He's in the army's program, and Dakota and myself are in the air force's program. Yeah. Um. And so, like after the Olympic Games happen, he's different because he's a driver. But for the push athletes, we get, we have to we have to go back to our original jobs and do yeah. that, and then then we can try it again if we want. My, like my squadron was cool enough uh, when I got into this to support me through it. Like they gave me the time off yeah. uh, to, to be able to pursue it without being in the world-class athlete program. Yeah. Then I got into the, we both got into the world-class athlete program and then that became our primary job, which is yeah. beneficial. But yeah, quad ends and then Olympics ends and then yeah. you go back to your job. And what, what do the three of you guys do for, you know, everybody out there listening, if you can or want to yeah. say? Uh, Air Force Special Tactics, so Combat Control, Pararescue. I'm in mm-hmm. that. I'm a Special Tactics Officer, so I guess like Combat Control would be the best equivalency of that. So Okay, sir. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. I, like, I didn't want to say it. I was like, I'm a combat controller. Yes. But. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. I'm just a specialist infantry U.S. Okay. Army. So Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm a pilot in the Air Force. Flying. So uh, and I'm just in special operations. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I don't do anything. He, he, he drops into he's Verdansk. A good American, yeah. So. He's he, he a lot of deployments to Verdansk. <laughs> That's about as a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so let's, I mean, let's describe like how that program works, the athlete program at all. If you guys want to oh, yeah. go into it's, that. It's, it's different amazing. for each branch. So okay. like, yes. I'll let, I'd let, uh, you know, Frankie talk about the army side of the house, but for yeah. the air force, it, we're changing it a little bit now, but it was like always traditionally active duty members are the only ones that could get into it. Yeah, no reservists. Yeah. There's no reserves. There's no guard. So it was like the pool of people that was, was generally all the O's coming out of the academy who are just like... Weird. Yeah. <laughs> like set up for success to do this. So we're a little different because we're like... We're way Like different. I have like 12 years of service before yeah. I started it. And he was, he's been flying for a while. So we were, we're kind of one-off in terms of who's in the program. But yeah. it's like you, saw, you, uh, you put your package together and then you get up to three years and then you have to pay back those three years. So like this is an active duty service commitment. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's all it is. And then we get to focus solely. This is our primary job. So I'm not worried about like maintaining jump and demo and, Performance reviews. and all those qualifications. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot easier. Yeah, than, I'm not getting flight evaluations. Yeah. So, so we do this full time right now. And then post Olympics, I'll go back to special tactics and, you know, do that stuff again. So I yeah. probably had too many concussions to go back to flying. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so watch out whoever's in that plane with me. All right, Doc Doc. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> 
What's I think this one goes. I don't know. Um, the the Army's world class athlete program is a little different. I don't pay back the time. Um, and some some of us served before mm-hmm. and then got into the world class athlete program like these guys. And then myself, I was bobsledding before the world class athlete program then went into the army and now yeah. I'm stationed in Lake Placid with my job being oh, okay. a, being a bobsled pilot. Go win medals. Um, so there's probably a, lots of those MOSs. Well, <laughs> I'm a bobsledder. Yeah. 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 What, it's not a big when, deal. When my drill sergeants first found out, they were like, what? They're like, that's, not this, a, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. We have this one guy on the team. That's funny. Hakeem. Somebody got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We have this guy, Hakeem, who's like, he's already been to the Olympics and he started the army program this year. And yeah. he's like, just look I him mean, up. Has if you've fitness. seen the Under Armour model that you like walk into Dick's Sporting Goods and you see the Under Armour <laughs> model, like he looks like that. Thing. I mean, I don't have a distinct memory of that. I don't try yeah. to keep that in mind. But <laughs> sure, just yeah, keep going. He's just like, I'll forget him. You know, cut out of granite. And he's just like, you know, six three, two thirty five. So we would just joke about he went to basic training like in that type of shape, just this bodybuilder look. It's terrifying. And he just like gets off the bus at basic training, and, he's, and they're just like, who, <laughs> who is this guy? So what do you do here? Yeah. Are you a new yeah, DI? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Olympian who runs a four three forty yeah, at that speed, absolutely insane. Yeah. So how uh, how's the selection work to get like started in the program to become a bobsledder like you know what what kind of what's the combine look like you know what kind of times and like things are they looking for in a dude to push or pilot or you just do the thing so we all take the same combine yeah and just speed and power is the quickest answer okay speed and power but and size and size helps you do write down your weight when you go to the combine um but they do a sprint test Mm -hmm. a broad jump and then a shot put toss down through the legs and you kind of broad jump and throw it. Like a, like a grainy jump and grainy toss. Shot, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. What size shot? 16. 16 for the men. Okay. So that's just kind of there, the parameters that they decided yeah, the, the, translate it's a, to, to speed and power and successful uh, push athlete. 15 meter sprint, 30 meter sprint, 45 meter sprint, that they measure all in one sprint and then they do a 30 meter fly. Yeah, like it's um, a combined. Yeah, yeah, so then you get you get three shots at it. Um, I mean, if you go out and nail it, there's a point system. I mean, you go and get all the points, then hey, cool. Is it, is it turf or track? On track. track. On track. Yeah. Track, track spikes. Track spikes. From blocks or just standing? They keep changing it. I'm just curious. Contentious issue. You like? I used to be so much faster from blocks. Yeah. 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 It used to be, you have a one meter kind Mm. of fly in. Mm -hmm. So they make like a one meter box. You have to have at least one foot in that box. The timing ice starts at the end of it, and you can kind of do do like a long, like a long jump rocking start or something. Sometimes. So in years past, this is the whole thing. I like this. We don't want to go down the street. That's why I said two point because it's three foot. It changes year to year. Sometimes I never picked my foot up to the long jump. Now it's two feet together. Like who starts that way? Except us. And I was in basic training. I've never even seen it. So I don't even know what it is. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, this is really interesting. We'll get riled up. That's perfect. That's what we want. We want you guys to get riled up. More caffeine. Very fetchy coffee. If you do well there, you get invited to. the list though, too. I will. At rookie camp. I'll do it, sir. Talk about the <laughs> list. Talk about the oh, list. No, no, no. Do you guys have to salute him? He no, calls he's, me he's in charge. He no, he's here. Sir. I'm down here. Yeah. He, no, no, no. Um, 
Yeah, so you'll you'll get invited to rookie camp, and then when you go there, they test your lifts, which is a power clean and okay. a squat. Three right back. Um, none of it's really hard to. I don't really like it's the. They're not crazy numbers. It's one fifty, uh, so three thirty for the power, power clean, clean. Okay. and then uh, two hundred four forty. Oh, it's your max four forty, and then there's like a max. There's okay. a max point system. So, so it's, kind of, it's, like, it's like the military PT yeah, exactly. test where it's like, you can, you can max high. out and like, yeah. you, can go you beyond feel it. free to go further, yeah. but it doesn't particularly matter. No. Exactly. We can okay. all go beyond. It's like, all point His system. power clean is a lot. 200 kilograms. So that's 440 pounds. Um, and then, power clean. So it's like, okay, sorry. Impressive. It's extremely <laughs> impressive. 190 kilos for um, the power. <laughs> and then, I don't know. If anybody's curious, that would be a good deadlift for most humans. Um, and then I don't know, squat. I know you can hit more than that, but like I can I hit do hold yeah. the five hundred for five. Yeah. 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 I'd say five hundred for five. Now squat, now power five. clean. Yeah. Yeah, that's where a little the numbers bit. are at for the most part. Yeah. yeah. That's Those weird. are just like, I guess the entry standards. Yeah. Like every dude, I, I think every guy that makes the Olympic team rarely is there someone who doesn't max lifts. Yeah, you know, the which makes sense. Maybe you get the yeah. crazy fast dude. You're just yeah. like, all right, he's just insanely fast. But he's still gonna be like. Pretty powerful answer. Usually they'll they'll max the power clean and maybe they just can't squat as yeah. much, but they still have that like elastic power. Yeah. Snappy, I mean, though. that's genetic. Like at some yeah. point, you know, when you're starting to deal with those low four numbers, it starts to get down to like, well, that guy was just born like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not he's like, just yeah. a freak. It's not like yeah. he was super slow and then all of a sudden... No, it's like, no, it's like having an insanely far broad jump. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, that guy's just not a person. Yeah. He's half kangaroo. Built, okay. Built pretty much. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody broad jumps over 10 feet and yep. stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. What is what is the max broad jump? I think is 3.3 yeah. meters. 3.3 meters. And I know at least which is like 10 ish. 10 and a half or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I have no idea what that yeah, is. Dudes over yeah. 10. Stupid weird. meters. It's Talking about fines and euros, meter jumps. Guys are out of your minds. Yeah. My, my whole rookie year, I was like, I had to learn kilos, and it's it's easy yeah, once no. you do I was, like, it. Lifting, yeah. I was like, oh. but when I first showed up, I like what I was talking in pounds, and everyone's like, you are not lifting that much. And I'm you like, must be new. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. that's cute. I still got shit. This is how smart bobsledders is. In the weight room, there's actually a sheet that's a graph, and it has the colors of what the weights are. Keep it simple. Pounds, put red, red, blue. And <laughs> 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 exactly. All right. That's how smart Bob's like. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I mean, you guys are hitting your heads, and I understand. It's just funny because we had two, we have multiple people that went to Ivy League schools, and we always talk about how dumb we are. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> We've got some Ivy Leaguers. Used to be smart. You exactly. Yeah, hit it. your head enough, dude. Used to be wealthy and smart. Now, <laughs> yeah. like, now I'm bored. I slipped down a hill. I'm yeah. probably the only one fluent in kilograms. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know like round numbers and stuff. You know, I know body weights and and the weights that I would lift and can convert. See, I'm not. I'm not medium large. I don't know. Like, I haven't lived in the States since 2015. So I don't know. Like, I forgot what pounds are because I've been doing everything in kilos. So when you guys are like, oh, he weighs 230 pounds, I'm like 140 kilos. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Got it. Yeah. Where were you living outside of the States? Uh, used to live in Sweden. And I've lived in Iceland for the past few years. For sledding? No, my wife is from Iceland. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good there for is, you. There is also, zero sledding also in Iceland. Yeah. Yes. 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 Are those guys literally too big to fit in a sled? There's, it's a, <laughs> it literally is a land of giants. Yeah. But yeah, my wife is from there. So we live there. We own, <laughs> we own a couple of gyms for as, I guess, for as athletic as I probably am. My mm-hmm. wife is 
10 times more athletic than I ever was. You're like, ah, so I want to do she's CrossFit. Like, Let's champion. go to Iceland. <laughs> no, actually, we'll recruit that's Vikings. That's how we met, was doing yeah. CrossFit. But she's I'm like European surprised. champion in gymnastics. She went to the CrossFit Games. She's competed at Worlds in weightlifting. She was a fucking gladiator on a Swedish TV. Like, you remember American Gladiators? Oh, she yeah. was one of the gladiators on the Swedish version of that show. And they just had a kid. And we just had a, a super Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, get your contract. Right? Did it have hoops? Yeah. Is it already fast? (laughs) But yeah, that's that's the whole reason why I live out of states. Very cool. Um, And what kind of training schedule do you guys run? Like Uh, year round ish. Year round. So let's say for you guys, start with the off season. Well, it's four years, right? So four years. Yeah. yeah. So you start the off season, which is usually April ish time for most people. Some guys, depending on how long they competed that season, they'll Mm -hmm. take a little bit more time off. But you're you're training fairly hard fairly often in the off season, probably twice a day, five days a week, four days a week. Awesome. Leading into preseason, you start tapering down. We have push champs that happens every year. Uh, We use that as kind of like a metric to see who's in the best pushing shape right now. And then based off those numbers, plus like the races we're going to be doing the next couple of days is how people make selections. So most guys on the pushing side of things are going to train to try to peak a little bit for that push champs make the team. And then in season is just, you're sliding so much. You train enough to not lose anything that you built over the off season. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sure it's like a lot of other sports where it's like, get to the point where you're just about to peak somewhere in the Mm -hmm. season and then just ride it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maintain as best you can. For for world championships. Because we we do compete every year. Yeah. Non-Olympic years, we have world championships. So you want to peak for that. Small peaks. Exactly. So like you'll peak, we'll kind of peak for push champs, make the team. And then even though every race really matters, what we're trying to do is to get ready to really race at Worlds and try to go do our best at that because that's going to be like the setting point for how the next season is going to go. Mm-hmm. So like two mini peaks kind of throughout the season and then just repeat that through the four-year cycle. And so you guys are here this week. You'll be on the track tomorrow and Thursday, right? So where are we at in your kind of training cycle leading up to the Olympics? Right now, well, for me, I'm going to be racing in the next two days. So I'll be racing mm-hmm. two-man with Frankie and then four-man with Frankie. Cool. Um, like I said, right now, we're training enough to kind of keep the body ready to push the sled and be okay. fast. Um, I'm Obviously, this isn't the point where, like, you want to be as strong as you possibly can. Yeah. You just want to be in this best pushing shape as you can. Uh, and then once that's finished, we have until July to get ready for push champs. That's going to be, right. like, the final type yeah. of tests for all of us. So everyone's going to that at that point, everyone will be peaked because yeah. if you don't do good at that push champs, you don't have a chance to make it to, so everyone will be peaking for this upcoming push champs in July. And then at that point, everybody's probably looking at like counting down the days to the Olympics. Yeah, oh, they like, like they're like, yeah. it's, it's X amount of days, yeah. hours, it's exactly. happening. They've got a, they've got a clock. They got to take their training center. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Where, where, where are we at? How many days? Like yeah. We're under a year. Yeah, we're under a year. 300 now. 300 and something. Yeah. I can't say training is is oh. very different year to year. Yeah. To, um, to try to answer your question, I mean, we're trying to we're trying to peak for these important races, these important evaluations for the push athletes, um, and then of course you want to be ready for the Olympics as well. Yeah. But to get there, there's very few people who can be like, ah, you know, I'll I'll, I'll go light this year. Like, yeah. I can only speak for myself. I train, and I know these guys too. But I mean, yeah. we we train hard throughout the off season. Well, Come in as ready as you can. You can't half ass it right? if you yeah. want to win, There's, right? Someone's exactly. always coming for your job. There's somebody yeah. out there yeah. training harder yeah. than you are. So yeah. I, I can't always. I can't say that it's a a different training 
uh, environment. I think, you know, coming into Olympic season, you're probably like cutting back on the cookies a yeah. little bit more. Like things like that. You're definitely like not... I'm just going to run an extra sprint. So, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I, I really think that that our our team, we just work hard as as, as often as we can and come yeah. in as prepared as possible um, each year. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, for everybody out there listening, like that's that's a really cool thing to hear and for people to listen to, especially with all the COVID lockdown and, you know, people being stuck at home and gyms being shut. Like there's always somebody out there working harder than you. And that gives you something to aim for. Like somebody always wants your job, you know? So if you're lucky enough to be employed, if you're lucky enough to have a position that you want, keep working hard for it and prove that you really want to be there. Cause there's somebody else that wants it more than you right. probably. And they just weren't fortunate enough to get it. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's a great thing to hear. And for people out there to hear, especially coming from elite level athletes, like world-class guys. So it's great. And Good luck to you guys in the next couple of days, right? Hey, thanks. Thank you. You guys yeah. pretty stoked? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right. Raisin, yeah. Raisin's a blast. We'll, uh, we'll make sure you guys are fueled up with some coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, that sounds murder, like you need about a bag each yeah. a day. <laughs> that murder out is on point. Yeah, I really, I do like that quite a bit. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, thank you guys for being here. Let's throw your names and your position in the sled one more time. Yeah. Chris Walsh, I uh, push from the right side. Number three guy, I guess is what you call it. Frankie Del Duca, I'm a driver. Dakota Lynch, brakes, uh, three spot. Blaine McConnell, two spot. Well, guys, that has been freaking awesome to talk to you. Good luck tomorrow and Thursday on the track. Stay safe, race fast and hard. This is Trevor Thompson with uh, Free Range American. Thank you, guys. Thanks.